I'd rather be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war. Right? You'd rather have the tools of a strong man, right? Knowing your potential of danger, knowing, knowing your potential of harm, what you're capable of and harnessing that and being ready for it, being able to pull parts of that out when necessary. But on the other side of this, like a weak man can get to the high levels of evil because nothing about acting out of desperation Nothing about acting out of impulsivity says that you give a shit about the betterment of humanity. All right, welcome back, or welcome to the Embrace Your Truly podcast. My name is Jordan Bishop, and in this podcast, we're talking about you. We're talking about what the heck is going on inside your head. So, let's get into a conversation about the most important thing in your life, which is you. Hello, hello. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Whether you are tuning in right now from your bed, whether you are on a walk, you are on a break, you are in your car, wherever it is that you are, whatever it is that you're doing, welcome back to another episode. Today, we're going to take a little bit of a detour from the conversations that we've been having. You know, we've been talking a lot about consistency, execution, reality is a huge one, and conviction. And though this podcast isn't sequential by any means, um, I've kind of taken it that route in the last three or four episodes. So I just want to take time to say that from the conversations that we've been having, we're going to kind of go on a detour. And I feel like with how deep we've been talking about the self in the aspect of obviously reality, conviction, consistency, execution, like that's deep. But I feel like in conversations about these things, there's another aspect to it that cannot go without being talked about. The piece that we can't ignore is where our formed patterns begin. And that's in our inner dialogue. Well, okay. Where does our inner dialogue come from? Comes from our inner voice. Where does our inner voice come from? Our learned existence. How we've learned to understand life to be. Which this ultimately comes back to the origin of why. Why do we do what we do? Whatever we've experienced in life has taught us norms, right? How to dress, how to think, what's cool, what's not cool, what's acceptable behavior, what's not acceptable behavior. And when we get into the origin of why and the understanding of why, this leads me to the idea of what having a second life means. And of course, there's many interpretations of what having a second life means. Like you've heard me talk about it in the sense of going through awakenings, which in this episode, I'm going to dive into a couple of my own awakenings. Again, different ones than what I've talked about. But before we can even grasp on to the things that constitute having a second life, getting that opportunity, like what encompasses that idea, here's my thought process. I think you have to lose yourself completely before you ever get an opportunity at a second life. And stick with me, I know that seems silly, that sounds strange. But I really, truly feel like this is true. I think we as humans go on this, like, uncontrolled just search to becoming who we're supposed to be, to finding who we're supposed to be, to loving who we're supposed to be. And I say uncontrolled because before really understanding who you are, And I am going to use absolutes on this. 
everything you do is uncontrolled because what you know life to be is not your own schema. Like everything you do is based on someone else's opinion, someone else's perception. What somebody has told you is the path that you have to follow. Like our thinking pattern is created by our environment. Our behaviors is created by our environment. How we process emotion is created by our environment. And without getting into the depths of human development and nature versus nurture and what's an A and what's not, I don't want to go down that route. But I do. I think you have to lose the you that you thought you were supposed to be. That opinion, absolutely. Your environment has told you that you should be. And, okay, I'll give you some examples. It's like the 18-year-old that gets to college and wiles out. It's the first time that they get glimpses at who they're capable of being. It's the 24-year-old who leaves the corporate job and goes and pursues um, being a fitness enthusiast. You know, it's the 36-year-old woman who gets married to a man at 21, has two kids with him, starts this beautiful life. You know, like everything could be aligned for their family and, you know, goes through an awakening where this is not me. This is not for me. And my idea around this is based on sexuality, right? Feeding into societal expectations of who you're supposed to be and who you're supposed to be with, though you intuitively know this is not for me, right? It's one of those things where you, you try, you try, you try, right? This uncontrolled search to be who you're supposed to be in everybody else's eyes. And if you're lucky enough, you have a moment where you can have an awakening, where your true self wants to come through and you have the courage to align yourself with that. You know, when I talk about awakenings, I think it's this, you know, I think awakenings are moments in time where we get to become more of ourselves. That's what I mean when I talk about awakenings. To be able to connect with your true self. That's big time. And the language that I used was if you're lucky enough, not everybody gets the opportunity to be their true self because they can't be with themselves. Like, does that make sense? And I think to gain control of our becoming, our true becoming of self, I think we have to experience the dark side of who we've been. (laughs) And this is where today's conversation begins. We have to experience the dark side of humanity. We have to experience what we are capable of. We as humans are capable of hurting other humans on a very um, minute level and all the way to the scale of evil. And as we continue to develop our conscious minds, we have to gain an understanding of that scale. Of what the human capacity for darkness looks like. And for me, I go in this direction, which is because you are human, you are capable of the entire scale. And this is going to be, this is where the conversation gets really interesting because I go four ways with this. I think you yourself, you and your own person have to experience your own capacity for harm, harm to other people. And I'm going to get into this and the details of this. But again, I want you to think about this like on a continuum, on a scale of the smallest thing that doesn't seem very significant all the way to the idea of evil. But okay, stick with me. So one, I think you as a person need to experience this. 
two, right? These are like and or things. The second one is I think you have to be affected by it. I think you have to have personal connection to somebody who you know has caused harm to other people. Or in another lens, you have been affected by a person in their own darkness. Another direction, third direction, you have some connection to religion. So all-encompassing of the aspect of religion, you learn about the scale. The most minute things, simplest things, all the way up to heaven and hell, right? You have some relationship with religion. The fourth direction, right? All of this is and or. If you have just any understanding of the history of humans, you can grasp the idea of what humans are capable of. War, murder, torture, overthrowing entire countries, invading countries. You know, even the dynamics of politics, right? Like it's so dark. If you have any understanding of history of humans, like you have a relationship with the darkness of humans and the human capacity for destruction. So stick with me as I talk about this because there's several layers like we have to unpack with this. So I don't think that there's any human that doesn't fall into one of these four categories. And with whichever one of these are relevant, um, it gives us an opportunity to get to know our shadow. And I really don't want to talk about shadow work like at all, but I'm talking about it in that light of truly getting to know your shadow, um, which we're going to dive into that a little bit later in this episode, probably in the next episode too. And the relevance of understanding our shadow, understanding the dark side of humanity comes back to what I first talked about in this episode, which is the limited opportunities at a second life. Because I think, personal opinion, I think that we have to have consciousness and a real understanding of our own human capacity for darkness prior to getting the opportunity at a second life. So let's look at this. Let's look at like the you aspect, like you as a person. You as a person have experienced your own capacity for destruction. And man, like there's so many different directions we can go with that. Your destruction to self, like with whatever that may be, whatever substance, whatever, I'm going to use this word loosely, but I don't love this language, like whatever harm you've caused to yourself. And I don't mean like physical harm. That's not how I mean it. But like that does, it, that is all encompassing of this. Um, for a lack of a better word, I am going to use the word harm. Because without our conscious mind, everything we do is uncontrolled. So that's still the the lens in which I'm looking at this. But think about that, man. Like, really diving into this. If you think about how you've been affected by the darkness of humanity or your own shadow, um, man, what has the capacity to destroy you? Is it a person? Is it a person's um, judgment of you? Right? Is it mom's judgment of you? Is it the expressing to your parents that you're gay? Is it um, breaking free from a job? Like, is it facing the argument that you had 10 years ago with a sibling? You know, like, I don't know. I'm just kind of like putting things out there for you to just process. But truly, what has the capacity to destroy you? 
Another question. What has the capacity to break you? Like, you know what I mean? When you have conversations with your spouse and they say something that is extremely triggering that breaks you and you shut down and you can't process it. Or maybe it's if you were financially dependent, will that break you? Just some things to process in discovering like your own shadows. This is the dark side of humanity because whatever reactions that you have to these things reveals your dark side. And I actually just touched on this a little bit, but the second one out of the four was being affected by somebody else's darkness. And without getting too, too deep into this, um, who is it? And maybe it's more than one person. Maybe it's a system, you know, like I don't like whatever it is. If you're affected by it, you're affected by it. And I don't necessarily think that the question of how, like diving into that process, that's out of my realm. And I don't think that's really relevant in this conversation. But I think that the focus needs to be more on the why. Why are we affected by them? And why are we allowing it to happen? And I don't think that we have to really understand the the maximum level, right? The maximum level of evil of a system, of a person, how we're affected by it. Um, I think that when doing this kind of work, you have to just accept that it exists in that person. And I think it's also really interesting to accept your own understanding that you don't have to choose the path that they have chosen for themselves. And that's really interesting because, I, you know, like with all these things, the conscious mind is never like woke unless you spend time with your mind. Because when you don't, suppression of darkness happens, which ends up fueling the flames of the fire. Or people try to just, you know, eliminate it. And it's it's different than suppression, I think. I think elimination is like a throwaway um, conversation. And I don't know, I think that the throwaway elimination side of it isn't beneficial to finding your true self, right? Getting to the second life opportunity. Because... Darkness is always going to be present. Like, we can't just act like it's not there. It's like ignoring that we have aggressiveness in us. Ignoring that we have the capacity to go from happy to angry. And, like, you you can't ignore it and you can't eliminate it. I think the the goal with the relationship to our own darkness, however we have experienced it, is to harness it. Which comes back to our conscious mind. Learning how we think. Learning how to think which leads us to act efficiently in our life. And I want to get into this. The conversation of the monster within. And I want to piggyback off of Jordan Peterson and the way he talks about this. Because he talks about this, like he talks about everything that we're talking about right now in a very deep, dark, philosophical way. And in his viewpoint, he talks about it purely in the sense of every human has the capacity for evil. Because they're human and he gets hella in-depth into that dialogue, which that's not necessarily how we're talking about it right now. But I want to piggyback off of some of his ideas and I want to break down this conversation. So he believes that the monster within is twofold, right? There's a weak monster and there's a strong monster. And like he makes really great points. He talks about how people are always like, you know, the strong man is dangerous. Because what they're capable of doing. Okay, get that, whatever. He's like, but 
Do you understand what a weak man is capable of? A weak man is more dangerous than a strong man because they don't lead with consciousness, because they act out of helplessness, desperation. And the capacity to know that, to act out of that, is far more dangerous than a strong man who can control his capacity for danger. It's like the saying, I'd rather be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war, right? You'd rather have the tools of a strong man, right? Knowing your potential of danger, knowing knowing your potential of harm, what you're capable of and harnessing that and being ready for it, being able to pull parts of that out when necessary. But on the other side of this, like a weak man can get to the high levels of evil. Because nothing about acting out of desperation, nothing about acting out of impulsivity says that you give a shit about the betterment of humanity, right? So in this lens, right, like a strong man, a strong man doesn't do that. I'm saying man just because this is how Jordan Peterson talks about it, but right, a strong person, a strong person believes they have options. A strong person acts with consciousness. A strong person acts with courage, acts for the betterment of people. The aspect of leading with destruction is not the intent of a strong human. So getting back to the the idea of going on this uncontrolled journey to find yourself, it's in that time frame where we have to experience the weak monster in self or in somebody else. I don't think you have to think of yourself as being evil or corrupted or like having a capacity for it. Though, because you are human, you have to know that it's possible because humans are capable of that. I think that you have to know that you have the capacity to hurt people in whatever form that makes you feel comfortable to think about that. And you also have to know that you have hurt people with intent and without intent. I truly believe that. I think that, you know, as we develop our conscious mind, you have to continuously improve your language. This is something that I think is a major part of my life. I think because I am such a why-led person, I needed to expand on my language, right? The more words I know, (laughs) it expands my capacity to learn, expands my capacity to know things. And with that, you know, it's the buy-in to wanting to become more articulate. I don't know. I think everybody should have this mentality to become more articulate, to improve your language, because language is what helps us make sense of our experience on earth, right? Without language, like, think about that. Think about the removal of language in your life. How do you make sense of anything? You don't. So if you want to make more sense of your life, if you want to find your true self or continue to become more of your true self, you have to expand your language. And for me, diving into these aspects of what pulls out the weak monster within me got really, really interesting, right? What makes me feel helpless, right? What leads me to acting out of desperation, my impulsivity, my rashness, when I feel like I have no options? Really taking time and getting into the work of that, like the shadow work of that, and finding out why fear leads here and why, you know, anger leads here leads to this massive awakening. And again, like awakening for me anyways, it's this idea that in moments of time, 
you get an opportunity to become more of yourself. But it comes from doing the work. So in my deep dive of understanding the monster within, it gave me extreme ownership of how much shit I've been avoiding in my life. It gave me extreme ownership of the power I have to displace. It's really intense. Displacing onto other people, whether that's emotion, words, actions, like whatever it is. Displacing ownership of why things are the way they are. Really intense. And for me, this got interesting. I'm just going to touch on this. Um, for me, my darkness had nothing to do with myself. So for me, I fall into that second category of being affected by somebody else's darkness. That's the category that I fall into. In my uncontrolled search to be me, be somebody, be what you want me to be, right? In that search, what I discovered was I was running from becoming this person, right? That That's like really interesting. So it's like you avoid your own darkness because you're suppressing somebody else's darkness. And in the end, um, it's like a virus. You run from it, you run from it, you run from it. Well, it's an invisible thing that eventually is going to catch you. This was a very interesting um, practice for me because one, it's like I'm running from somebody else's darkness. And at the same time, the further I run, the farther I get from my true self. I think the normalization of jealousy, envy, uh, comparison was such a connection to the darkness for me that I would suppress, suppress, suppress those feelings. And what would happen is they would bubble at the surface and then they would explode. When you talk about this in connection to other people, for me, what this led to was like very toxic loyalty because like those things were normalized. And, you know, the other side of being a weak monster is the destruction element of this, the destruction of humanity. And I say that because running from the darkness, right? Running from your own shit, running from what you are terrified of, running from the capacity that humans have to destroy, like whatever it is that like you're running from, it leads to destruction of humanity, truly, because the more you run from something, the more you suppress, the more it builds, which as that is happening, you are moving further away from your true self, which you're not being a beneficial part of humanity. Whereas if you sat with your true self, if you dealt with your shit, if you face the shit that you need to be facing and took extreme ownership of your shadows, of whatever, like, it's capable of pinning you to a wall, like, that's when you become a beneficial part to humanity. And that's when you get the opportunity to have a second life. That is called an awakening. It's the understanding that playing with darkness is a game you will never win. So leave the fucking arena. And if you are similar to me in the sense of being affected by somebody else's darkness, I want you to understand this. Something in the dark has obviously fucked that person up. Okay? I think that's clear. That's known, right? Whatever fucked them up doesn't have to consume you. And this comes in the work. Their decision to not deal with their shadows, not deal with their darkness, 
doesn't get the opportunity to make you feel helpless, to make you feel like you don't have any options. It actually is just the opposite. Because you know the other side of humanity, the other side of light, this is where we get into the conversation of becoming a strong monster. Understanding the capacity for human destruction leads to answering this question. Who are you? Well, you are the thing that transforms who you are. Jordan Peterson quote. So here's the thing. Without consciousness, right? Without intention, without the work, without the practice, without realizing your own shit, the shadow grows. And I mean literal shadow. The shadow grows and the shadow surfaces. So with this visual, it's the understanding that your shadow should never be bigger than you, bigger than who you are in your human. With consciousness, the shadow remains and reminds, which means get the visual. Walking down a street, look down, your shadow's there. It's smaller than who you are. It's smaller than your human, right? It remains present and it reminds us of our human capacity to enter into the darkness. Now, I want to leave you with my interpretation of something that Carl Jung said. He said, we need to transform our personality with discipline. Hmm. Really interesting. Here's my interpretation of it. I think that we have to experience the darkness, the evil, the shadow, right? We have to experience that in ourselves, or we have to be affected by it in some way, or we have to be an observer of it in, in the all-encompassing aspect of human life, right? History, religion, whatever it is. So that's number one. I think after we're able to do that, we get the opportunity to have conscious choice to change our frequency, hence second chance at life. I think only then can we condition ourselves to be a beneficial part of humanity. Hmm. Ponder that. Which, the other aspect of this, is what it means to be a strong monster, harnessing the monster within. Leave you with some thoughts. Which characteristics of a strong monster have to be intertwined with the darkness? And it's in the acceptance that darkness exists in humans. I'll get into that on the next episode. What makes a strong monster? What does it consist of? What are the characteristics? And how does a strong monster become virtuous? See you next time.